Yes, girl. Long Hi. time. <laughs> what? Just um, not even 24 hours since we saw each other and we're in the same place. Yeah, crazy times. Crazy times. You know, I worked out, I think that's the third time that we've seen each other in real life. Um, but pretty much uh, we speak to each other in some form, either on Twitter, text, phone, uh, podcast on a daily basis and have only known each other for just uh, under a year because we met at Smack. And I think from memory, Smack was around like 26th of March last year. There you go. We'll have to have a special uh, podcast anniversary in a couple of weeks. Uh, but we have some pretty serious stuff to talk about because uh, coronavirus or COVID-19 is getting pretty serious. Um, they announced about, I think it was just under two hours ago, that there's going to be a lockdown of northern, big, big part of northern Italy. Um, a significant increased number of cases in Australia. We're now into the 70s. Um, a third death confirmed overnight in Sydney, several healthcare professionals diagnosed in New South Wales and now in Victoria, and also multiple cases in the USA. So um, spreading and most WHO still have not formally called a pandemic as Ian Mackay has uh, posted previously. And then again today, really, we need to get ahead of this. And perhaps we have already moved past the containment phase. And that's what we're seeing. And of significant concern, the health minister here in Victoria. So she did a press conference yesterday in response to a GP who was 70, who had returned from the States, who had a runny nose on a plane, uh, had returned to Australia, was then asymptomatic, saw 70 patients, and at some point decided to test for coronavirus, and unexpectedly it came back positive. Now, what's very clear is this doctor did not actually meet criteria for testing. He hadn't been in a high-risk country. He had not been in a moderate-risk country. So the Victoria government, the federal government, nobody said that this doctor needed to self-isolate or swab or whatever, he was actually going above and beyond what the recommendations were. And unfortunately, him being at work has meant 70 people have now had to self-isolate because of contact with the coronavirus-infected doctor. Now, the health minister of New South, of sorry, Victoria, instead of saying, gosh, this is really unfortunate, and we commend this doctor for testing himself over and above what we've asked of him, she has in fact thrown him under the bus. She did a press conference yesterday. She said she was flabbergasted that a doctor would work whilst sick and went further to invoke our regulator, the Australian Healthcare Practitioner Regulation Agency, sort of implying that there was some need to involve, invoke the medical regulator because you know he had a snotty nose and he continued to work. Uh, medicine is furious because the leader very quickly, instead of focusing on the problems, which are consistency of messaging between states and federal, having enough personal protective equipment for primary care, for keeping people out of EDs, for getting fever clinics, instead she's decided to go for the frontliner, sort of echoes of Bawa Gaba, and I think people are a little bit sensitive about all of 
all of that. So people are very angry about that aspect. The second aspect is the out of touch aspect of her commentary. That a health minister would be, quote, flabbergasted that a doctor, that, the, that a healthcare worker would be at work with a mild illness. Well, we just can't understand that. How can she be in charge of so much and have such little knowledge of frontliners? I mean, we've been on, you know, we've, we've worked even online. It's obvious that the whole system would collapse if people didn't go People didn't go to work if they had a bit of a runny nose or a bit of a sore throat or a bit of a sore tummy or a bit too pregnant, etc. I mean, it's just a slap in the face. And 24 hours later, there are two petitions going. Tony Bartoni, the president, the federal president of the AMA, they've all called on her to apologise and withdraw her comments. But today on Twitter, she hasn't. She's just doubling down. And she's starting to doctor explain, saying, oh, I know we all want to be there for our patients. It's pretty difficult. Well, I think you're completely right. And I, like you, am extremely upset by the comments. I don't think it's remotely helpful at this time. Like you said, I think we need consistency. And I tweeted a long thread earlier because I was trying, having given a talk on feedback at a medical conference in Sydney yesterday, which is one of the reasons I got to see you in person. I thought I should give feedback and keeping in mind that feedback is about a process of improvement, perhaps the minister could, yes, withdraw her comments and improve. And what we need right now is leadership. We need leadership at a federal level and at a state level, and we absolutely need consistent messaging. And as and Chris Higgins has come out himself. Um, he has posted on Facebook and he has spoken to the media because he feels quite maligned. The minister is suggesting that she didn't identify him, but in actual fact, they revealed the practice. I'm still unclear why they had to reveal the practice. It's not like they need to go looking for people that need to be found. Those 70 patients were known and known to the practice, and the practice gave over their details for them to be contact traced and informed. So the community needed to know that a doctor had tested positive. They didn't need to know where the practice was or the practice name, and that quite clearly um, is enough information to, to work out who it is. And yes, then the media revealed the name, but that's like when we talk about confidentiality on Twitter um, or Facebook or any other form of social media, you can't have it that anyone would be able to identify that person. Um, so you need to have a think about, you know, would the neighbour, would a friend, would someone be able to identify? So she's, my understanding is that Jenny Mikhailos is not um, a medical person, but she does have a law degree. So she should understand that. And as the health minister, she should understand that. So that's one thing. And yeah, as you're saying, she is doubling down. As in healthcare, when we we are fallible, we are human, I acknowledge that it would have been a difficult situation. It would have been a difficult press conference. Um, and she is a human being and she is allowed to make mistakes. But the reason this has hit a nerve, exactly as you've said, is that we are a system under pressure and also we are bloody confused at the moment because those of us in healthcare who want to be prepared and want to be ready for what we think is a, is a pandemic about to hit us, 
We want to know what to do. And I don't know what to do. Do you know what to do? I feel like I'm getting told one thing in Victoria. You're getting told one thing in New South Wales. All my, all our colleagues in Queensland and WA getting told something else. So, yeah, it's a, it's a total shambles. I mean, I must say I work for a number of different uh, hospitals in my area um, and they've all sent emails out saying slightly different things. I've certainly not seen a proper mask, let alone been invited to be fitted for one. Um, you know, my GP colleagues, they see 30 patients a day. And although there is some PPE, they see... Um, they see a range of people with respiratory illnesses all day. They certainly don't don and doff PPE, every GP and every practice for anyone with respiratory symptoms. They certainly don't have enough equipment for that. They haven't been asked to do that. Um, the other issue about this named doctor, this named doctor is actually now a patient. He's actually, as, as far as I understand it, a 70 year old man who is now tested positive for coronavirus. He is a patient right? And so I wish him a very, you know, a, a mild course that causes no trouble. But as we know, the mortality of this thing increases with age. So I think it's just so... And he's in the demographic because it wasn't just age. It was also, year old man. It's also gender. So 70-year-old man, he's in that risk group. Um, and on top of that, he's a patient and, and he's also a doctor and none of us want to put our patients at risk. You know, what he has said is not imagining for a moment it would turn out to be positive. He was being thorough. He did not fulfill, fulfill criteria for testing. And so no. I suspect that, and he's tested himself because he's a GP and he would have had access to a flock swab. But if he had, um, if he had been one of us in a hospital, he would have, he, and we had gone to our infectious control people, they would have refused to test us because Correct. we didn't take criteria. So it's really concerning. And I, und again, in the thread that I've posted, I've said, this is a very rapidly evolving event. And so things are changing fast, but we need some leadership in healthcare from, um, I think, federal and all the chief health officers and figure out a way to get the same message to all healthcare workers across the country so that we all know what is happening, so that we can prepare, we can give each other the message and we can give the public that message. Yeah, so, absolutely. So I think that that's essential and I think then people would, would, would potentially have more calm and knowledge and we might not have things like um, stockpiling and hoarding of toilet paper or people stealing alcohol gel from hospitals and medical practices. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, I reckon we'll leave it there. Jeez.